the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. My country tears the sweet land of liberty of the Arsene. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. Alrighty then, game on. Good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. It's nine minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on a Thursday, the 14th morning of the 12th month of the year of our Lord 2023. Excuse me. We got a nice show lined up for you today. Uh, we got some very important issues that are ha- being handled on the state level, on the on the uh, federal level, and uh, we've got great guests to discuss almost all of them. Coming up in uh, about an hour, in hour number two, we're going to talk to Dr. Everett Piper, as we do each and every uh, Thursday, for analysis of some very important issues in- involving our culture and our faith and more. At 1035, we're going to prison. That's where Jake Lang is, still being held. <clears throat> he is one of the January 6th political prisoners whose story needs to be told again and again and again. And we're going to help him tell it today. He's allowed to make phone calls from his prison cell, his jail cell, for 15 minutes at a time before it abruptly, abruptly cuts off. And he is going to spend 15 of those minutes with us starting at 1035. And you're going to want to hear the story it's incredibly important now because of what happened yesterday with the Supreme Court making the decision that they will hear an important case that would potentially throw out the charges 
against uh, hundreds of J6 um, uh, prisoners or J6 accused criminals, if you will, for trying to, quote, obstruct official business at the Capitol. Uh, it was a huge, monumental decision yesterday, just the fact that they're going to hear the case. That doesn't mean we're going to win. It doesn't mean that, uh, you know, they've already made up their minds, the Supreme Court, but they're going to hear the case, and that's important. And I would caution people, before we get into too much depth about this, I would caution people from being too overly excited about this. I talked to Trevor Kane, who is another uh, J6 uh, target, uh, and, uh, you know, he's facing a felony and four misdemeanors for being inside the Capitol for about 30 minutes that day. He's from Aurora, and he was talking to us yesterday with Tom Zawistowski, <clears throat> and he said he believes the dis- the fact that uh, the Supreme Court made the decision to hear the case means they've already won because they're not going to hear it and then say, nope, everything goes on as usual. I understand his optimism, and I don't blame him if I was in his shoes. I would really want to be optimistic because I need something positive, but I just I'm going to be a little more cautious from where I sit, because I have watched this Supreme Court disappoint us on numerous occasions. Uh, they just have. Uh, I don't know what John Roberts is going to do from day to day. I really have no idea. And sadly, uh, President Trump's appointees have been all over the place. Talking about um, uh, Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett, I have seen them make decisions that shock me over the course of the last year or so. Uh, so, you know, and not all of them at one time, but individually, each of them having moments where I'm like, wait, what? So it's a big deal. It's a very big deal for us to uh, try, try to uh, uh, be optimistic, but still be realistic. Can we do both those things at the same time about what the potential could be? So Jake Lang at uh, 1035 this morning and then 1110, Bill O is going to come back on with us. Bill O'Reilly, that would be. And uh, Bill O has uh, got a new book out. As you know, we've talked to him before about Killing the Witches, the latest in his monumentally successful killing series. Uh, but uh, it's almost Christmas time. So if you're thinking about gifts for people, Bill O is going to want to tell you the book is a great gift. And he's right. It is a good book. I've got it in my hand. Well, not my hands. It's about 10 feet away from me on my bookshelf across the way there. Uh, but I have read it, and it is a great read. And if you're interested in history, you are going to want to, you're going to, want to read that. Anyway, Bill's going to join us to talk not just about his book, but moreover about some of the issues that we are facing today, including that Supreme Court issue and including yesterday's decision by the United States Congress to uh, formally open the impeachment inquiry against Joe Biden. This is something of a formality because an inquiry was already started of sorts under the former speaker, Kevin McCarthy, but now that the um, Congress has voted on it and a majority has said, yes, we do want uh, to open this inquiry, it gives them new investigative powers that they didn't have before. And that means they can really, really dig in deep now uh, into all of the Biden crime family's corruption. It's extremely important. James Comer is the chairman of the um, Judiciary Committee, or excuse me, the Oversight Committee. And he said, quote, we are now at a pivotal moment in our investigation, which is accurate. A pivotal moment. We will soon depose and interview several members of the Biden family and their associates about these influence peddling schemes. But we are facing obstruction from the White House. The White House is seeking to block key testimony from current and former White House staff. It is also withholding thousands of records from Joe Biden's time as vice president. Biden must be held accountable for his lies, corruption and obstruction. We have a duty to provide the accountability and transparency that Americans demand and deserve. And that is... uh, 
all very, very accurate. I might have given you a lot of what he says here, but let's find out. Joining me right now is Kentucky Congressman and Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer. Mr. Chairman, thanks very much for being here this morning. Can you give us your reaction to all that has transpired yesterday? Well, let's start with uh, Hunter Biden defying the subpoena. He did it in a typical Biden fashion. Uh, he showed uh, the world the amount of arrogance and entitlement that he believes he has because he's a Biden. I mean, he doesn't think the rules apply to him. Uh, we issued him a lawful subpoena. We've spent 10 months building a case of, of corruption against the Biden family. We have their bank records. I think everyone in America knows by now, even the people that, that uh, are all in for Joe Biden, that the family was influenced peddling. We want to now bring him in and ask him what exactly he did to receive the tens of millions of dollars from our enemies around the world. And most importantly, we want to know about Joe's role. We already know from Devin Archer that the Bidens were selling the Biden brand. Now, we want to know exactly what that entailed. So he defied a congressional subpoena. He goes and he tries to play the sympathy card uh, with the reporters, said he was there to talk and then got in his car and drove off. Typical Biden fashion. So tell us about Typical. that influence peddling and what you believe to be. Typical Biden fashion is exactly correct. Um, and obviously he was talking about the other side of the story, not the impeachment inquiry there, but the Biden um, uh, refusal to testify before a deposition to which he was subpoenaed. That should lead to some consequences says, I don't know, his dad? What's your message to people who defy congressional subpoenas on the January 6th committee? I hope that the committee goes after them and uh, holds them accountable. Do they be prosecuted by the I, I do, Department? yes. That was Joe Biden being asked, obviously, outside of uh, uh, Marine One, and uh, it's I hate that they do that. There's interviews out there with uh, planes and choppers all all buzzing. But that reporter asked him, what's your message to the people? who defied con- congressional subpoenas on the January 6th committee, and his answer was uh, they should be held accountable criminally, and when asked should they be prosecuted by the Department of Justice, he said, yes, I hope they would. So, Joseph R. Biden, are you going to be calling for your son to be prosecuted by your Department of Justice, run by your AG Merrick Garland? Because he just defied a congressional subpoena. So let's find out if his, uh, if his word is worth anything. Let's see if his actions match his words. By the way, going back now to the other huge story from D.C. yesterday in the impeachment inquiry, uh, ADC, Alexandria Damasio-Cortez says... Uh, the ranking member laid out what's happening here quite clearly. Republicans do not have a case. And let's also remind everybody that this impeachment inquiry by the Republican Party has already begun in a public forum. They launched an impe- impeachment inquiry without a House of floor vote already. And their own witness, the own Republican witness, said that there are, from what he has seen, there are not grounds for an impeachment inquiry, or rather, frankly, impeachment in general, uh, of President Biden. But that has not deterred the Republican side from continuing to try to uh, force through a completely groundless and unsubstantiated, I won't even call it an investigation, I'll just call it an exercise in futility. Uh, What we've seen... An exercise in futility. You know what's an exercise in futility? You trying to spell Ocasio, or maybe even Cortez, or maybe even the initials. 
Uh, I don't know. That's an exercise in futility. The bubble-headed bartender wants us to say, it wants us to believe that there are no witnesses. When we have numerous witnesses, they're called whistleblowers. They're the ones who knew exactly what was going on for Joe Biden and exactly what uh, they were allowed and not allowed to do as agents and investigators, FBI and IRS, um, to, to, you know, correct it. They blew the whistle. There is, there are witnesses. There is mounting evidence. I won't say mountains of it, but they are becoming mountains in the form of uh, shell companies, in the form of checks written to Joe Biden, in the form of, of, of uh, all kinds of uh, receipts. It's, 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 I don't want to call it a slam dunk, but there is a billion times more, and I'm going to maybe kind of waffle on a billion, but maybe a billion, slightly under, slightly over a billion times more evidence to impeach Joe Biden than there ever was against Donald Trump for either one of the two impeachments that they went ahead with anyway. The second of which was done without even due process, without the House even holding impeachment hearings. They just introduced the articles and sent it to the Senate and said, go, because they had to get it done before the transfer of power, before January 20th of 2021. They impeached him the second time without even the, the, the... the required constitutional requirement of House hearings in which Trump and his team would be allowed to present a defense. That, of course, is what ended the career of Anthony Gonzalez and about nine other Republicans who voted without due process to um, to get rid of Donald uh, uh, to impeach Donald Trump and to send that to the uh, the Senate for a trial. So already there is so much more evidence that has been brought forth against Joe Biden than there ever was against Donald Trump. And they're telling us now that this is a witch hunt and that there is no evidence. It's unbelievable. Joe, uh, Donald Trump has been the target of the left since the moment he stepped one of his very expensive shoes on the top step of the golden escalator to come down and make his announcement that he's running for president in the summer of 2015. He has literally had now eight years of nonstop harassment and nonstop um, uh, intimidation and threats. Now he's got these this lawfare, these lawfare cases against him. The idiot attorney, a district attorney in New York, has rested her case. Letitia James, who ran for office specifically on the campaign promise to get Donald Trump. She didn't know what for. She just knew that the idiot leftist voters in New York wanted to hear that somebody was going to go after Donald Trump because they hate Donald Trump. And it worked. It was a brilliant campaign strategy. The problem is it's about, you know, uh, all, uh, any number of different ways illegal. She literally didn't say, I am aware of, of, of a crime committed by Donald Trump, and we are going to prosecute him for that if I, if I win this election and become district attorney. She didn't say that. She just said, I'm going to prosecute Donald Trump on something. We're going to find something. We have found our target, and then we're going to go and find something that he did wrong, all so that I can get elected and then, of course, stay elected. So what they've done to Donald Trump has been criminal. What the Republicans are doing to Joe Biden right now can't even be phrased, quite frankly. And by the way, I don't want to go back and relitigate and rehash every single thing that happened to Trump uh, from the moment he stepped on that elevator. But the fact that he won in 2016 and immediately became the subject, even before he won, uh, of, a, of a, a criminal probe 
thanks to a phony warrant obtained through the FISA court because of information provided to the FISA court by his opponent, Hillary Clinton. The fact that he spent the first two years of his presidency fighting off the the ridiculous um, collusion hoax, the Russian collusion hoax, and the investigation... The fact that he couldn't even focus everything on his job because of that nonsense just underscores the left's hypocrisy even more here as they complain that how dare the Republicans ask questions about Hunter Biden's millions upon millions of dollars gained from foreign countries, many of them who are foreign adversaries and energy companies that wanted access to his dad. How dare the Republicans ask questions about that? How dare the Republicans find out how much money changed hands, how much of it he got, how much of it Jim Biden got, how much of it Jill Biden got, how much of it Sarah Biden got, how much of it Hunter Biden got, and on down the line. The idea that they think that's not worth looking into, are you serious right now? So the vote was held, and yesterday they did indeed decide they are going to uh, open an official impeachment inquiry. This should probably take... In a matter of weeks, maybe a couple of months, Jim Jordan told me that the um, uh, impeachment articles might be introduced as early as early spring. Now, I hope he's talking more like, you know, March and not May, but that's what they're talking about. So massive, massive stories coming from uh, uh, Washington, D.C. yesterday with Hunter Biden defying the subpoena, uh, President Trump, or excuse me, uh, President Biden uh, being targeted now by an official in- inquiry that is going to res- uh, result in many, many more investigations and much more access to information. The investigative powers now of the committee have just expanded uh, in a huge way because of that vote, and hopefully this will be the beginning of uh, bringing to I don't know, accountability, I guess, Uh, the corrupt first family of crime, the Biden first family of crime. All right, we've got so much to do do today. Uh, Good news yesterday from Ohio, by the way, which is that um, the House did do what Representative Gary Click told me uh, he thought would happen. He said that the Senate should send the amended version of the SAFE Act, which is saving adolescents from experimentation, which included... Uh, folded into it the Save Women's Sports Act. He was uh, hopeful that yesterday the Senate would send that amended bill back to the House for concurrence and that the House would get it in time to have a vote yesterday afternoon to pass it before they go on their break until after the first of the year. And sure enough, that is exactly what happened. They passed it out of the Senate. They got it to the House. They had concurrence. They agreed on the markups. They passed it, and now it sits in the hands of Governor Mike DeWine. So to the uh, Republican-led Senate and House yesterday. Can you dig it? And now for the other shoe dropping, however, now it sits in the hands of Governor Mike DeWine. What is Governor Mike DeWine going to do? Governor Mike DeWine, according to a little birdie who whispered in my ear this morning, And that little birdie got information from one of the Ohio State representatives who passed this. Governor Mike DeWine is, I won't say likely, but is considering a veto of that very important bill. Now, the good news is it passed both houses of the General Assembly, both chambers of the General Assembly, the House and the Senate, by veto-proof majority. So if he does veto it, they will override him. And that means it's going to happen. 
there is another option that he has, which, of course, is do nothing. And then 10 days later, if he does not do anything on it because he doesn't want to sign on the dotted line for something that is considered to the radical leftist baby butchers and groomers of little children, um, he doesn't want to upset them by signing it. He can just let it sit and then it will become law after 10 days. Uh, This is exactly what I would expect from Mike DeWine, who has been just this side of weasel for his entire term or term and a half now uh, as governor. I don't trust him. Uh, We have no reason to trust him after what he did to us in COVID anyway. But uh, word that I'm hearing is he may indeed veto this, and we're going to have to go back in and have the uh, override vote. Uh, It was already passed by a veto-proof majority, so I don't know what that means. They actually have to come back and say, do you wish to override the governor's veto and make them vote again? Doubtful that they would change, anybody would change it if they have to, but um, nonetheless, big, big, big uh, uh, success yesterday, huge success from the Ohio General Assembly in passing the SAFE Act. That was Representative Clicks. He joined us yesterday. It was a great conversation, and this is a very, very, this is very good news for Ohio and for Ohio's kids and for Ohio's parents. All right, 927. What do you say we do our pledge? Then we'll take our first time out. Uh, Patriots, stand and face your flag. Unlike. Did you see what LeBron James did, Seth? Did you see what LeBron James did at his son's first college basketball game at USC? I did see that, yes. LeBron James walked into the game as the national anthem was playing. Did he? What do you do? If you're if Seth, if you've ever been walking around an arena, a field, or something like that, and the anthem comes on, what do you do? I stop, I stand, I remove my cap. That's right. And you look for the flag and try to face the direction of the flag. That's what that's what you do during the national anthem. LeBron James, while everybody while the anthem was being sung, walked down his front row seats, of course, courtside seats. He walked down and he's got I don't know who else he had with him there or whatever, but he's like fumbling around and the anthem is playing, the anthem is playing, and he's, you know, putting his stuff on his seat and and getting himself ready, and then as the anthem he's wearing a cap, and as the anthem is playing, he sits down. And he sits down and stays down. During the national anthem, left his cap on and stayed seated. He is an anti-American piece of human trash. He is he is flotsam and jetsam. He is just garbage. He is a garbage human being, and anybody that continues to worship him because he's good at basketball is a garbage human being as well. I'm sorry to go off on that rant, but I know that's not you. Let's face our flag. Let's take off our caps. Let's put our hands on our hearts. And join us. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty. For by NHTSA. Waking up America from its woke slumber. Always right radio with Bob France on The Answer. Okay, it's 937. Phone lines are open to you for the first half hour, the next half hour, I should say. We have got uh, some guests coming up starting at 1010 this morning. So if you want to get in, dial us up at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. In fact, before I get into the stories I want to talk about, I do see Navy man Norm on the on the line and uh, spitting fire over LeBron James and the national anthem. So let's take that call to get us rolling here this morning. Hi, Norm. Go ahead, sir. All right, I don't have Norm up. Somebody got to turn Norm up. All right. Hello. There he is. Got you now. Go ahead, Norm. I bet 
my last dollar, Bob, that LeBron or Le, LeBoom would stand for the Red Chinese Party National Anthem. You know that. I mean, sure. he's he makes his... more money there than he does in the United States. That's right. And why are you messing with my livelihood? Isn't that what he said to the one uh, uh, basketball player, the one from, uh, I think, the Celtics, the center, that bad-wrapped him and said, why are you taking all those uh, blood money uh, because of the poor Uyghurs that are being used as slave labor? He doesn't care. You know, he doesn't care what about anything except LeBron. And, I mean, it will. it was that way, and it will always be that way. I have no use for that person. I, you know... Uh, I watched him uh, on the sideline of when Bronny came back, you know, after he suffered his cardiac arrest, thanks to uh, the backs. You know, he bragged, LeBron bragged about getting the backs for all his family members. And then suddenly, you know, myocarditis attack on his son. I'm glad his son survived. But I'll tell you, Bob, he is just a symbol of everything that's wrong with our culture today. It's me, 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 and nobody else. Thank God there's people like you, people like uh, the callers that stand for our country, that stand for the poor, that take care of people at Christmas time. I wonder, I wonder how many, you know, uh, his foundation that gets money from other big companies and then he takes credit for it. Isn't that interesting? I guess yeah, that's absolutely. how it works. Absolutely. And by the way, when you say it's all about me, 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 me with LeBron James, you're right, but I wish it was limited to him. The fact is, though, he influences so many millions of, of young fans. Um, yes. People, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, it's what we do. Now, like when I was a kid, you know, I, I, I don't want to use the word worship in a blasphemous way, but you know what I mean? In that context of your favorite athletes, I mean, I worship Julia Serving. Dr. J was my favorite athlete. He still might be my favorite athlete of all time. But he exuded class and dignity in everything that he did, in addition to being a phenomenal player. I could say the same thing about Walter Payton and a whole bunch of guys that I was just a massive fan of, and, and I wanted them on my walls, and I wanted to be like them. So what scares me is that there are new, you know, they don't have posters on their walls anymore i don't think but they have posters on their screens of this guy and they say i want to be like lebron even the michael jordan commercials back in the day be like mike want to be like mike well in in lebron's case if you want to be like lebron you want to be an anti-american racist anti-cop you know piece of trash and 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 that is literally the influence that he has on young people. So if it was just him, I would be able to ignore it more. But I know other people are going to look at that and say, well, if LeBron doesn't want to stand up for the national anthem, he must be onto something, neither do I. And that's what I worry about is the influence. And, and you know what? And you're 100% right. You're 100% right. <clears throat> and it gets back to the same thing. He doesn't think about his actions influencing other people, nor does he care. You know, it's, you know, between him and that uh, idiot football player that was about pigs. Uh, yeah, co- yeah, yeah, yeah. Cap- Crappernick, as I, as I refer to him. But, you know, we were fortunate, Bob, because we grew up in an era where those professional athletes were proud Americans. And many had served in World War II and in the Korean War and even the Vietnam War. You know, but, you know, it's just totally different, but. Anyway, I thank God, Bob, for people like you, uh, people like your screener. She's a wonderful person. And I'll I'll tell you, 
we're fortunate that we still have a radio station like WHK broadcasting uh, the truth. And I, I I don't know what we will do without you guys, Bob. And I thank no. God at Christmas time and all the other times, too. So well, that is very nice guys, of you to say. You have yeah. a very Merry Christmas to you and your family. And God bless and protect you guys. Thank, thank you, Navy Man Norm. God bless you, too. Thank you so much. Um, and by the way, don't say that like I'm not going to talk to you again between now and Christmas. i got plenty of shows left between now and then, so make sure you check in with us again. Um, no, he's exactly right. And it is, a, it is a shame that this is, a, you know, the face of the NBA of the modern, of the modern age. <clears throat> but then again, and I'll be 100% honest, it's why I don't watch the NBA anymore. Not just LeBron James and anthems, but it's just it, it, I don't like the woke NBA. I, I can't do it. Um, the, I don't like the woke NFL either. And I watch that really, 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 really sparingly. I'll f- flip something on only because I've been addicted to the game of football, not the league, but the game of football since I was five. And so, and I've never really been without it. So, I mean, I'll flip it on from time to time to see what's going on. Do I check stats anymore? Nope. Do I check standings anymore? Nope. Do I, uh, you know, I, I may look for a highlight once in a while. If I hear something crazy happen, like the, the Chiefs game the other, uh, the other day, uh, with, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes whining and crying like a little baby because, uh, the, his teammate committed a penalty and it cost them a game winning touchdown, had to be called back. And so, I mean, I'll, I'll check out those things, but I'm just so, liberated by my uh, Seth you might appreciate this because we share some common experiences in radio I was driving around last night running errands for the wife and for my son and uh, I I flipped on uh, a couple of sports talk shows in a couple of different places I couldn't listen for more than I don't know minute and a half, two minutes on each one, I was so exceedingly bored by the minutia that they were going through about the injuries to Browns players and, and such. And, and it just kind of dawned on me that I am so glad that I don't care. Not even a bit. I don't care. I, I I asked myself, how did I spend as many years doing that very same minutia sports talk that I used to do? I I I, I mean, I, I could not have been less interested in what I heard. Thank God I had Brandon Tatum on doing doing stuff that matters that I was able to flip over to. But I poked around during one of Brandon Tatum's commercials, and boom, I was listening to these things, and I'm like, I I don't understand how people do it. Bob, I used to be that guy. I used to let. If the Browns lost, I, it would ruin my week. If Ohio State lost, it would ruin my week. You know, I'd be bummed if they didn't make the playoffs. I don't care anymore either. I'm just like you. It, it, it is liberating. It does. Yeah, good. right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I, I I felt that way. What was the What was the last what Was the last game that something bad happened to the Browns in? Was it in L.A. or? I don't even know. That's the point. I, but something happened, and people were going ballistic. No, no, it wasn't the Browns. It was it was Ohio State losing to Michigan. After Ohio State lost to Michigan, and people were still disputing the touchdown uh, uh, to uh, whatever the hell his name is for Michigan. I don't know. They say he, he didn't have control of it when he crossed the goal line. The officials ruled he did, blah, 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 whatever. Um, people were just going like it ruined their lives. 
people were like, I'm, I'm not going to work tomorrow. I'm so sick over this. And I'm just thinking to myself, what's wrong with you? First of all, that's a 19-year-old kid making a play on another 20-year-old kid who have, should have no impact on your life or your happiness at all. Now, I admit, Seth, I'm, I was that guy, too. You and I both were. We were both. I mean, I lived it. I, I, I worked in the National Football League as a radio broadcaster. I worked for in the National Basketball Association as a TV host of the Cavaliers pregame and postgame and halftime shows. I, I, I wrote sports columns for two different newspapers and uh, three different newspapers in three different cities in this country. I lived and breathed every element of sports. And I'm telling you, Seth, my life is happier right now that I don't pay one bit of attention to it. Baseball, I, 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 I don't know who was in the league championship series. I know the Rangers won the, won the World Series because I was cheering that part because they were the only team out of 30 that back in the month of groom, some people call it June, but in the month of groom that didn't hold a pride night at the ball yard. And I was so happy that the Texas Rangers, the only ones who resisted that woke piece of crap, Won the World Series, so I know that. I don't know if I could name two players on the Rangers. I used to be able to name pretty pretty much everybody on every roster, for crying out loud. And now I don't care, and I feel liberated because of it. I didn't have my day ruined when Ohio State lost. I didn't have my day ruined when the Browns, some injury happens. I, don't, I, I just don't give a rip, and they have made me not care anymore by the way they have conducted themselves with their social justice campaigns. I mean, I, and I know you feel it too, Seth. That's exactly exactly the way that I feel because it is so frustrating. And I used to be that guy that could, I couldn't watch an Ohio State game after they lost because I'd be so bummed about the fact that they lost one. And now I just don't care. And it's, you're right. They ruined football. They ruined baseball. They ruined uh, basketball for me. I can't watch because I don't like what they're doing. Do you remember how you felt um, when Jose Mesa blew the save? Yes, I cried. Right. If that happened next year... I, I I might be like, oh, that sucks, but I would shrug, and the next day I would probably look for news stories, not stories on the Indians' loss in the in the World Series. Well, know why? In large part because they wouldn't be the Indians. It would say Guardians, and that pisses me off. Like you don't know, um, but also because I don't have a vested interest anymore. Baseball drove me away when they yanked the All Star Game from Atlanta, Georgia. And and put it in Denver, Colorado, because it, because they claimed that Georgia was disenfranchising black voters, which was just an absolute load of crap. But they did that, and then they put BLM on the mound. Everything that they have done in MLB, NBA, NFL, and yeah, even the I'm not a big hockey fan, but but the NHL, it, you know, I thought they were going to be the you know the the lone sport to stand up against this. They got all woke and started putting you know, rainbow tape on their sticks and, 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 and everything else. And I'm just, I, I feel so much better that I just don't have to, like, I don't have a personal emotional investment in the outcome of games or seasons anymore so that I don't get depressed. And I just, I'm living a much happier life because of it. The fact that LeBron James brought a championship here means nothing to me. Me either. As far as I'm concerned, we still haven't won one. Seth, tell me the truth. Did you celebrate it? I did not. Not at all. I couldn't. Yeah, how weird is that? I could not celebrate when they won the, 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 the NBA Finals. I couldn't because he was at the center of it. I, I will say this. When I quote-unquote talked about it, you know, on the air and in 
personal conversations. I was very, very excited and happy about the fact that Kyrie Irving hit the game-winning shot. He hit the, t- the title-winning shot. Because um, if it would have been LeBron James doing it, it would have been just more and more you know, salt in the wound as far as I'm concerned. I was so happy that it was Kyrie. In fact, I think Kyrie Irving should have been the co-MVP of those finals. He was so so amazing in that game, but, but or in that series. But the truth is, when it was over, I was just kind of shrugging because if we celebrate that, we're celebrating him, and I will not celebrate that cop-hating you know, remember the, the, the Jussie Smollett hoax crap that he did about his, his home in L.A.? You know, claimed that somebody wrote the N-word on his uh, white fence or something like that, or his garage door or something like that. No pictures of it. No evidence of it. Oh, we washed it off because we were so ashamed of seeing it. We had it washed off before the police could come. But it happened. I swear it happened. All to foment more racial division and hatred for cops. I'm just... I could not celebrate that championship because he was a big part of it. Me either. Those I, I sat there and then I turned the TV off. I didn't care. And what was the what was the Browns player's name? The running back, um, like three years ago, was it in twenty twenty? Went during the whole George Floyd thing or whatever. Um, who? What did he do? Is Isaiah something? Maybe. Crowell, Isaiah Crowell, Isaiah Crowell. Yes, that was it. That's it. That's it. That's it. I can't remember what he did. Um, but it was it was it was grotesquely anti-police. Uh, I cops uh, who were supposed to secure the stadium that day basically walked out and would, would not do it. Um, uh, and then the, and then the Browns were allowing the kneeling on the sidelines and refusing to uh, to I don't know do do things right. I mean I was just done. And it's not just Cleveland teams; it's all of those leagues. And, and we're giving LeBron James way too much time on my radio show that he deserves. Yeah, he uh, deleted an image he posted on Instagram of a blood gushing out of the throat of a. That was it. Yes. Yeah. That's what he did. That was Isaiah Crowell. Thank you, Seth. So that that was one of the things that turned me off to again, you know, even even the Browns. And again, I'll turn it on a time and a time again, but uh, from time to time again. But I I won't watch it. Peter Kirstenau and I used to join, start every show during football season with you know a little recap of the Browns. And now he knows not to even bring it up anymore because I'm I'm not watching the games. I'm just I'm I, I, like I said I might pe- I watch college football, but um I don't have that same vested interest that I used to in it. And certainly the NFL is just like I said I love the sport and I love big plays, but the woke league has um, has made me a non customer, and that's just I don't know. But LeBron James, thank you for doing what you do, uh, which is to uh, bring me peace and release in my life, a relief in my life, because you are such a piece of trash. I won't watch your sport, and therefore it gives me time to do more important things. All right, that was a lot that I didn't mean to get into. Navy man, Norm, it's your fault, by the way. What I do want to get into um, is is this briefly. I want to um, I want to share. Um, uh, a news story from WBNS television down in Columbus. WBNS in Columbus um, reported, as they should, on the passage of the SAFE Act, which we were just celebrating in the last segment. We can you dig it? Uh, the SAFE Act passage by the House and the Senate in the in, in the Ohio General Assembly. Because it protects kids, it protects adolescents from uh, being able to genetically, uh, or excuse me, uh, genetic, genetically alter themselves, puberty blockers, trans, uh, cross-sex hormones, and begin the process of destroying their lives. 
It also protects girls from having to see men's junk in their locker rooms and to compete against men on the track or in the pool or on the field or on the court. Because biological males are no longer allowed to do those things with, uh, in female sports in the state of Ohio, thanks to the passage of that. Whether Governor DeWine signs it or not, again, is another story. But WBNS Television, this is how they reported on it on their, uh, on their newscast. And I'm just going to read you the first two paragraphs because it's going to tell you all you need to know. Ohio headline: Ohio Senate, House clear ban on gender affirming ban on gender affirming care. Automatically, you know what this article is going to be for minors, transgender athletes in girls' sports. And here comes the uh, the first two paragraphs. A Republican-backed proposal that would drastically affect how LGBTQ youth in Ohio live their everyday lives cleared the state, Senate, and House on Wednesday, despite adamant opposition from parents, medical providers, and education professionals who call it cruel and potentially life-threatening. State senators, by a vote of 24 to 8, approved a multifaceted bill that would ban gender-affirming care for minors and block transgender student-athletes from participating in girls' and women's sports. A lone Republican, Senator Nathan Manning of Northeast Ohio, joined Democrats in a no vote. And that tells you all you need to know about rhino Nathan Manning. Like his mother, just a, a rhino piece of, of, of work. But the way the mainstream, nothing biased in that presentation of the facts from Columbus yesterday at all, right? Drastically affects how LGBTQ youth in Ohio live their everyday lives, despite adamant opposition from parents, medical providers, and education professionals. You know what? There was also adamant support from parents and medical providers and education professionals who see the transing of America's youth is an absolute assault on our children. They know the reality that young, confused kids being impacted by social media influencers and the social contagion of transitioning, trying to look for popularity and cloud, they know that when these kids become adults, they are going to regret the irreversible Decisions that they made that the radical left called gender-affirming, quote-and-unquote, care. It's not care at all. But um, those individuals come back to uh, uh, go on to regret everything that they were allowed to do, and they blame the adults in their lives for not protecting themselves from their own youthful indiscretions, their own mistakes. And that's why they're 19 times more likely to kill themselves than the general population of the same age. Kids who transition become adults who kill themselves 19 times more than people in the general. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Darkness. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420. The answer is your host, Bob France. All right. Action-packed first hour just with a great conversation. But now the cavalcade of phenomenal guests begins 
as hour number two is underway. Uh, seven minutes after 10, it's the 14th morning of the 12th month in the year of our Lord, 2023. Don't forget, Jake Lang, one of the January 6th political prisoners, will join me in the next half hour at about 1035 from prison, where he is still being held, uh, even as we now see the Supreme Court agreeing to take up the case of uh, over 300, I believe, uh, individuals who have been charged with uh, with trying to obstruct an official proceeding. Um it's an enormous, enormous uh, deal, and we're going to talk to Jake Lang about that, and hopefully that lifts his spirits and raises his optimism just a little bit uh, as he continues to battle uh, this uh, this political persecution, which is what I firmly believe that it is. So that's coming up. we got Bill O'Reilly next hour, but right now it's our favorite commentator. He is our Thursday guide and the general in our cultural, cultural war that we continue to fight. Easier for me to say. He is Dr. Everett Piper. He is a former university president. He is a best-selling author. He's a twice-weekly columnist for the Washington Times. He is a county commissioner in Osage County, Oklahoma, and he is also a podcast radio host. His show is called The Rebellion, and I highly recommend it. Dr. Piper, good morning. Good to have you back. Good morning, Bob. Always good to be on your show. So you went and did it. You wrote an article about the jet, what we, which we talked about last week. I did. I did. I and I understand you interviewed him this week. Did you? I did. Yeah. Yeah. It was so. It was so great. Um. Uh. And so I and I thanked him both on on Twitter in a private message to him and uh, on the air. I thanked you. I should say for introducing me to him and uh, making me aware of his situation. What a very very inspirational guy he is. Uh. You know. It, it's not. He's a story because he got canceled by this woke, you know, venue in Tulsa which we talked about, for those who missed it last week, Tennessee Jets, uh, an up-and-coming rising country star from Oklahoma who uh, plays shows all over all over Oklahoma, uh, at least. And uh, one of his venues canceled him because of a song that he uh, wrote and sang and recorded called 2 Plus 2. And the premise of it is 2 Plus 2 is 5, which is, you know, of course, kind of a reference to uh, all of the uh, uh, nonsense that the woke uh, wokesters uh, want us to believe, that real isn't real, facts aren't facts, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, Dr. Piper, uh, when you told me that story, I, I just kind of expected to talk about that. I didn't expect him to be as deep and as inspirational and philosophical, I think, as he really turned out to be. Well, he's he's a great young man. I actually know his father, and I know his brother, um, who are both uh, thoughtful conservatives here out of the uh, north e- uh, east corner of Oklahoma, the Tulsa northeast, what we call green country. Good people. That that family is just, they're good folks. And when he uh, wrote this song, and I in my article, I basically just said, I'll let the I'll let the kid speak for himself. I cited his lyrics verbatim, and I asked my readers just read his lyrics uh, where he calls out the woke culture, calls out um, the elites for butchering children, i.e., buying into the trans argument where you actually will amputate a young man's um, genitalia, because the young man is confused as he enters you know, puberty. That's the point we are in our culture right now. We're butchering children. We're cutting off functioning organs. It'd be like removing an eye because a kid is delusional and thinks he's blind, or amputating an arm because a young person thinks that they're disabled, and that's the way they were born that way, and therefore they want to be surgically altered to be disabled for life. Those There's things no are happening. Here. Those those things are happening. By the way, 
Absolutely. Yeah. There are Absolutely. people actually scheduling surgical procedures, and doctors are violating their Hippocratic oath to do no harm by removing perfectly normal and healthy limbs in some cases, or eyesight or what have you. And obviously, in our case, we're talking about right now, they're, they're uh, you know, sex organs. Exactly. And there's no difference. There's no difference. And people, when you say, well, you know, they, we'd never remove a kid's arm because he thinks he's an amputee, even though he physically is not, and we're going to uh, alter his body to align with his his feelings, we would say, most people would say, that is absurd. We'll never go there. Well, we are already going there. There are doctors that are actually accommodating this delusion, and there's no difference between that and what we're doing to these young kids sexually. Anyway, Tennessee Jack calls people out for this in his song, 2 Plus 2, and what I basically wanted to point out is that the people who are accusing him of, phobic, of being transphobic and hateful and intolerant are he's anything but that he's i get so sick of this um, transphobic or homophobic claim just because i disagree with you does not mean i'm afraid of you phobia means fear and if i disagree with somebody else's morality or lack thereof it does not mean i'm afraid of them so just because i disagree with an individual's sexual choices in life whether it be somebody from my family or somebody that I cross that I cross paths with on the street or in a restaurant, it does not mean I'm afraid of them. So transphobia and homophobia labels are often, if not almost always, misapplied because they're referring to disagreement, not fear. Right. So uh, Tennessee Jet is not fearful. In fact, I would argue those who disagree with him are the ones that are demonstrating that they're terrified of him if they actually want to go down this phobic path. Likewise with hate. Uh, disagreement is not synonymous with hate. When I disagree with you, it does not mean I hate you. So Tennessee Jet is not being hateful. And then finally, he's not being intolerant. It's his opponents that are being intolerant because they're canceling him from venues because they can't tolerate his intolerance. It's that song and dance that I've ventured into many times on your show where these lunatics on the left actually have the audacity to say, I can't tolerate your intolerance, or I hate those hateful people, or I'm sure that nothing is sure. And the list goes on and on and on. It's self-refuting. They're sawing off the rhetorical branch upon which they sit. And it's ridiculous. It's like watching a dog chase his tail. It'd be funny if it weren't so sad. So Tennessee Jet, good for him. Good for him. He's a man of courage. He's not a man of intolerance, hate, or phobia. He's demonstrating that 2 plus 2 is 4. It's not 5, and it's not intolerant, hateful, or phobic to say so. Very well said, Dr. Everett Piper. As are most things that you do say, um, I want to follow up on the trans story after, because there's a couple of things. First of all, yesterday, huge day here in the state of Ohio, as our General Assembly, that's our legislature, uh, passed a, uh, a bill uh, banning a lot of what we are talking about right now. So we'll come back to that. But I want to get to your other column first, which is the Ask Dr. E column this week. The American economy is in a mess, or is a mess, rather. Few could argue otherwise, at least with a straight face. Inflation is out of control. Our national debt is unsustainable. Social Security is teetering on bankruptcy. Homeownership is out of the question for millions of young people. Credit card debt is unbelievable. The list goes on and on. Is there any one specific thing you believe our national leaders should do that would rescue America from the economic train wreck that seems inevitable? Signed, Realistic and Worried Working Man from Alabama. Now, I don't know if you take very many economic questions, Dr. Piper. We always talk about things of culture and faith and society and so forth, but they want your economic advice. What is it? Well, it's, it's very simple. And if you want a strong economy, then you have to restore fatherhood and the family. 
Because if you don't have a nuclear family, your culture will collapse and you'll spend trillions of dollars trying to correct the problem. You'll try to put this Band-Aid on the cancer and you never cure cancer with Band-Aids. You have to cure the disease. You have to cure it through surgery or through chemotherapy, some method like that, an aggressive means. Of, of medical intervention is necessary to cure cancer. And our culture is prone right now to think that we can cure what ails us with Band-Aids. The solution to what ails us in our culture right now is the nuclear family. And the data supports that. I cite that in my column. According to the Pew Research Center, we've got 46 children in the United States right now, under the age of 18, living at home with two married parents, heterosexual parents, okay? I have to clarify that in today's culture. And that was 73% back in the 60s. So you got less than half of our kids right now are being raised within a nuclear family. And what do you see as the result? You see dysfunction. You see kids without any discipline because they don't have a father, they don't have a nuclear family, and our system is broken because of that. We know from social science data that when you have a two-parent nuclear family, that you have families that earn more, save more, they're more likely to qualify for a mortgage, they pay more taxes, they're more likely to start and invest in a new business enterprise, they give more to charity, they volunteer more, they're even, they even vote more. And they raise, on average, more children. And that's important, because more children means a better future for your culture and for your country. If you don't bear enough children to at least replace the population via the inevitable death rate, then your culture is going to collapse and the citizenship is going to be replaced by something else. And that's what's happening in the West right now. We, the Heritage Foundation, in a recent study, showed that we are spending $900 billion annually right now on the dysfunction that results of broke, from broken families. So over a 10-year period, we're going to be spending $10 trillion, essentially, over a 10-year period, putting Band-Aids on this cancer that we've created because we've disparaged the nuclear family. And then when you see these radical left organizations like Black Lives Matter boldly declare that one of their goals is to what? To plant the nuclear family. That's their goal. They call the nuclear family an evil rather than a good. So if you want a strong economy, if you want people to be able to afford to live a normal life, you need to recover the health of the family, and that starts with strong fathers. Very, very interesting way to address it, and it's well argued. I mean, uh, you, you can't dispute anything you said. I'm sure they were probably looking for more advice on how to lower the inflation rate and how to uh, how to lower the interest rates and so forth. But but you're right. All of those the, those things do play into it. Dr. Piper, I'm going to take a time out here because uh, I want to make sure we have enough time on the other side to talk about... Okay, it's 1022, which is good. We've got about a good eight minutes or so uh, left with Dr. Everett Piper. Dr. Piper, I want to talk, uh, go back to the trans issue that, uh, you know, uh, Tennessee Jet sings, sings about in his song 2 Plus 2 that you just discussed in great detail. And I want to three, throw three or four different stories at you and then find out exactly where you think we are headed. The first one comes from Seattle, Washington, which is no surprise this kind of thing goes on up there. But the uh, shocking nature of this story is um, it, it's, it's, it's up there. Um, a student, a sophomore student, answered true to two true and false questions on one of his quizzes in the Ethnic Studies World History class. One question or one statement was uh, only male or only females can have babies. He wrote true. 
And then the second was, second was, only males have penises. He wrote true. He got both of those wrong and failed the quiz. This is happening in schools. This one happened to be reported to the media up there, so we found out about it. But you know doggone well it's happening in schools all over the country. Story number two. Uh, a male has taken a women's volleyball scholarship away from uh, a, a female uh, in a soon-to-be Big Ten school. I believe it's University of Washington. Stealing uh, the already few opportunities for women at the collegiate level. How can he be proud, asks Riley Gaines in a tweet. UW should rescind that scholarship if they really care about women. He can play with the men if he's good enough to do so. That's story number two. Story number three, two Christian California teachers are engaged now in a lawsuit against their school district over its gender policy, which required them as teachers to lie to parents about their students' secret gender transitioning. They refused to do it. Uh, they were ordered to do it, and now there is, they are the subject of a lawsuit. And then the last one is, Dr. Piper, the only good news that I have, which is here in the state of Ohio, yesterday our General Assembly, both in the Senate and the House, passed what we call the SAFE Act, Saving Adolescents from Experimentation, which also encompassed uh, the Saving Women's Sports Act, which stops males from competing with females. So the big picture question is here. You hear all of these horrific things going on, but I shine the light at the end of the tunnel here by what we passed yesterday. Where is this movement headed, in your opinion? Well, it's headed to the gates of hell, quite frankly, unless people like the good folks in Ohio just did step forward and say enough. Enough of the insanity. We will not allow you to do this to our children. We will not allow you to castrate our boys. We will not allow you to to be the ultimate misogynist against our girls by stealing everything from our young women, even their identity. Not only are you stealing their physical uh, objective reality, you're stealing their bathrooms, you're stealing their showers, you're stealing their very identity, you're suggesting that a woman is not even real, and that any time a young man, even a boy, decides that he wants to steal everything that belongs to these girls, steal everything, take theirs away from them, take their rights, their identity, their privileges, their take, take everything from them, that that's okay? No. Parents need to step forward and say, enough's enough. You will not do this. Remove the scalpel from our children. Stop butchering their bodies and stop compromising their minds and souls. That has to happen. And I pray and I hope that there are still enough people left in Sodom to stop this. I mean, you go back to the biblical story. God said he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham starts negotiating. Will you withhold your hand, God, if there are still, I think the number was 50. He started with 50, and then he reduced it to 30, then he reduced it to 20. And finally he said, God, will you withhold your hand if there are even 10 people left, 10 good people left in Sodom and Gomorrah? And the Lord said, yeah, he'd withhold his hand if only that number were left. And hopefully in the United States, there are enough people like those in Ohio that just stepped forward and said, we haven't lost our minds. We're going to defend our kids. And, Bob, this all goes back to the dumbing down of the human being to nothing but feelings, rather than honoring the biological, ontological facts of what it means to be a man or a woman. We've elevated feelings to the measure of everything. We've dumbed down the Imago Dei, the image of God, 
We are all created in the image of God. Male and female, he created them. That's right out of Genesis. Every human being that's ever existed on the face of the earth was either a man or a woman, and they were created in the image of God. The Mago Day. We dumbed down that to the Imago Dog. We're nothing but an animal now, where we define ourselves by our passion and by our instincts and by our proclivities. We, defi- we define ourselves like a dog would define himself by his desires. And that is the ultimate insult to the human being. This misogyny running rampant on our campuses right now that Riley Gaines has had the spine to confront, and Tennessee Jet had the spine to sing about and say, nonsense, nonsense. A man is a man, a woman is a woman, and two plus two is four. We have to have millions of people that are willing to rise up and say that and stand in the face of this lunacy. And I still believe there's time that the elites, the oligarchs, will back down if we do so in, in great number. Yeah, I I uh, I hope so. Um, I want to believe that too, um, and that's kind of what what the reason I gave you those stories in the order that I did. I saved the good one for last, in the hope that that they will this will lead to some sort of movement that will force some of them to back down. Um, and the reason I asked kind of where the movement is headed, obviously, is because uh, the direct and you're <laughs> you're I spot on to the gates of hell if we don't stop it, but. Are you encouraged by what we saw yesterday in Ohio? And where do things stand in Oklahoma? Because there was a similar bill I think you and I talked about over the summer. Where do things stand there in the heartland? Well, again, we're doing the right thing right now, but we're being challenged at every turn. Mm-hmm. Mark my words, you folks in Ohio are going to be challenged by innumerable lawsuits where the left will come unglued. Um, they'll go after you for this and claim that you've violated the rights of all these trans folks that simply want to be left alone and they want to have their opportunity to run the race, to participate in volleyball, to swim on the swim team. Well, then fine. Do so while you're competing against, against other people that are trans, if you will, rather than taking the spot away from women. Oklahoma is in the same situation that you are in Ohio, but we're being challenged by progressives across the state right now. And frankly, I've said many times on your show, Oklahoma isn't as conservative as people think it is. We're very much a blue, excuse me, a purple state rather than a red state, because we've got a lot of elected, quote-unquote, Republicans down in Oklahoma City, our state capital, that will... They don't have any courage. They, they, they stick their finger in the wind to see which direction it's going, and they'll go with the, political, with the political tides, if you will. Right now, as people step forward, and we saw a very encouraging uh, special election yesterday. Dusty Beavers, a pastor, won because, and he won being pro-life and pro-Christian and unapologetically so, and he won 55 to 45 percent in a special election. So there's still hope, but people can't allow the oligarchs to intimidate us. Um, once we have a victory, we need to hang on to it and not back down. Very, yep, very well said. Uh, by the way, we have many of those same types of Republicans in Columbus as well, but fortunately, this time, anyway, they came through. Dr. Everett Piper, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your insight. All right, blessings. Take care. 10.30, we'll take a time out, then we're going to come back, and we're going to prison. Enlightening the sleeping masses and stoking the fire of the American dream. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. 
All right, 1034 now. We continue on AM 1420, The Answer. And as promised, we are now going to be joined by one of many, sadly, political prisoners being held and charged with ridiculous overcharging uh, in the events of January 6, 2021. Jake Lang is a political prisoner. And he is one of those hoping that the Supreme Court decision announced yesterday to take up the case of uh, those who are challenging the obstruction of official, official business charges that so many are facing, that they will be hearing that. Hopefully that provides at least a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel for people like Jake Lang. Let's go to Jake now. Jake, thank you for joining us here in Cleveland. It's good to talk to you. How are you? Go on, brother. God bless you. God bless you. Um, I know you have been talking frequently with Tom Zawistowski. He is keeping us up to date on your condition and your situation all of the time through through his website and the We the People Convention. But for those who don't know exactly what you are facing right now, I want to take it from the beginning, and then we'll get to where we are at this moment. Jake, what have you been charged with? Uh, I mean, I've been charged with a myriad of political charges stemming from January 6th. Um, you know, me and about a million other peaceful, American-loving, patriotic protesters showed up at the Capitol on January 6th, having our voices. We wanted our voices to be heard to redress a grievance with our government. They stole the election, sent it back to the state legislature so they could recount the votes and, and make sure this whole entire thing was legit. Well, um, there was a setup, there was an inside job, a uh, orchestrated, planned uh, coup d'etat and attack. On the American people that day, the Capitol Police unleashed an attack on peaceful protesters. We responded. We defended ourselves and defended this beautiful country of ours. Um, and basically the FBI and Biden's uh, DOJ just uh, went rampant, rounding up patriots from all across the country and overcharging people. And about 1,200 of us have been politically persecuted since then. Um, and I've been incarcerated for over a thousand days without a trial, uh, currently sitting in solitary confinement right now, Bob. Yeah, um, that's one of the parts of the story we're going to talk about here is how you've been treated and where you're being held. And, and let's talk about the part where you have not had a trial. The, the Constitution guarantees all citizens the right to a speedy trial, a thousand days held in, in, uh, in, uh, uh, you know, in, uh, um, uh, a, a gulag, as it's being described by a lot of people in, with unfair treatment. What do your lawyers tell you? Or do you have access to lawyers who can tell you when you can actually have your day in court, Jake? So I have been detained indefinitely as of right now. I had my trial date canceled three times. This latest time it was canceled, it was not rescheduled. Um, this latest time it was canceled because we put up my case, we pushed my case to the Supreme Court, which has been famously um, taken now, accepted the 1512 obstruction of Congress, was taken by one of the three uh, Jan Sixers that we filed. I mean, I filed first and two other men followed me in filing um, the Supreme Court 1512 obstruction of Congress case. They've granted one of those motions now. Um, and so we're going to the Supreme Court, the Jan Sixers, are fighting the 1512 in the Supreme Court. So until that case is adjudicated, I will not have a trial. I could possibly be here till 2025 until President Trump comes back in office. The entire time, the entire tenure of Joe Biden's presidency, I could be sitting in prison without a trial. That's like a legitimate uh, 
thing right now, Bob. That, that yeah. could actually happen to me. Yeah, that is impossible to think about. And I'm glad, obviously, about the Supreme Court decision to at least hear this. Of course, we don't know how long that's going to take for them to hear it, then for them to deliberate, then for them to come back with an answer as to whether or not the 1512 uh, uh, charge of obstructing official business would, would, would stand. So, let let me ask you um, a, a little bit about the, the the release of the videos. Do you have access to anything there in solitary confinement? Do you have TV? Do you have the internet? Do you have anything at all? So have you been able to follow when uh, Speaker, new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, released those videos, and we see some of the assaults, some of the attacks that the police levied against the uh, protesters that day? Um, well, even if I did have access to the internet and every single. Con- at least the 80 hours of uh, the 44,000 hours of tape. So um, for all my American, uh, you know, people out there that want to continue to write Congress and talk to your representatives and stuff, let's get those full tapes released. It's not helping anybody um, just releasing as a few hand selected. We need everything. We don't need 95%. We need 100%. So that's the first thing there. Um, And secondly, uh, I've had access to a a small amount I've seen a lot of the uh, videos of police brutality um, on my own discovery now. There are thousands of hours more of footage that I need to have for exculpatory evidence, which is evidence that helped me exonerate myself, proving that I was acting in self-defense, defense of a third person, and, you know, basically that we were in the right to defend ourselves. They, they, they murdered a woman, Bob, in front of me, right in my arms. Roseanne Boylan was trampled to death. She was bludgeoned by the Capitol Police, and she was asphyxiated with chemical weapons literally on the steps of the Capitol. I tried to save her life, uh, and, and she died. And so, you know, that kind of sprung a lot of the, the, the next actions by myself and many patriots. After you murder a woman, an unarmed woman, in front of a group of men, I don't know how they expect you to respond, but, you know, we wanted to make sure they didn't do that um, murderous action to anybody else. So we responded pretty heavily. And uh, now I'm being held in prison for years for it. Um, what used to be, I guess, commendable action in America, standing up for the defenseless and protecting those, you know, from people who would bully and uh, and, and assault them uh, is now, I guess, uh, called domestic terrorism. Uh, we're talking to Jake Lang. Jake is a political prisoner being held in a Washington, D.C. prison in solitary confinement conditions. Jake, a lot of us uh, learned about uh, the conditions that, that some of you guys are being held in back in 2020, uh, 2021 and 2022. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates and others exposed this and demanded a better treatment for you guys. Have things changed at all since then? Are you in any better condition now in terms of you know, your food, your, uh, your treatment for from the prison guards and so on and so forth than you were before? Um, they, ever since Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, and Louis Gomer, former representative Louis Gomer, came here and visited, uh, I was actually shuffled around to 13 different prisons after that. They sent me on what's called diesel therapy. The federal government does that to um, pretrial detainees who they're trying to break their willpower and, you know, crack them. Um, to into a plea deal of it's a form of torture. It's disgusting. So I've been to many different institutions, not just the Washington D.C. jail, five miles away from the United States Capitol, which I'm. And the whole entire treatment of me and other Jan Sixers, pretty much everywhere, has been 
torturous. They've stuck me in solitary confinement for six months here, you know, uh, not, not being able to go outside for four months there, not being able to visit my family for literally years at a time, the first 15 months of the incarceration. So um, right now in Washington, D.C. jail, I've been so marginally better. The only really difference is is that they don't have us locked in our cells 23 or 22 hours a day. Now we're outside of our cells more, and that's the main Patriot pod. I was removed from that pod by the administration here and stuck in solitary confinement about two months ago, and so I'm still behind my door. I'm still in my 8 by 10 disgusting cell uh, about 20 hours a day. So for the main Patriot pod where about 40 Jan Sixers are upstairs, we're out of our cell more than we were when we were, you know, locked behind at 23 hours a day. But the treatment from the facility is pretty much still the same. The the looming threat of physical harm that we've had, I mean, I've, I've been assaulted multiple times in D.C. jail by the guards here, um, and others have had suffered horrible injuries. That looming threat is still there. Uh, the food is still disgusting. You know, the, the, the basic treatment of uh, human beings here uh, is still horrible. And uh, it's, it's a travesty because there's some of the best men in the world, um, some of the bravest patriot awesome guys I've ever met in my life, firefighters, school teachers, Marines, uh, I mean, just awesome people, electricians, plumbers, entrepreneurs, they're all just languishing here in this gulag um, and not given due process of law because we're Trump supporters, because there's yeah. a two-tier justice system that and Republicans and patriots in this country. That's why we're languishing in here, not because of our allegations of what we did. If we were Antifa or BLM and did what we did, we'd get, you know, uh, Maxine Waters to come bail us down. AOC, you know, uh, set up legal funds for us, and, and, and we'd be pra- lauded as heroes for, you know, what we did. But because we're Trump supporters, they, they it's a completely different uh, scenario for us. Jake, um, I don't know how much longer you have left on your call. I know they limit your calls to 15 minutes, but I want to ask you this before we're done. Um, Your attitude is astounding to me. You, You sound energetic. You sound unbroken. You sound like you are ready to fight this, even though you're facing what could be, as you say, another two years or a year and a half or whatever until until 2025. Uh, you know, if Donald Trump is reelected and things change a little bit, you, you've got January Sixers who have killed themselves because they are facing situations like yours. You know, Matthew Perna, uh, 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 Meacham, uh, uh, Mark Angst, all these individuals who have just given up hope, you seem to still have hope and, and passion and vigor and fire, um, which is an amazing thing for me to hear. Where does that come from? Uh, how do you stay so positive given everything you're enduring? Well, thank you so much, and, and God rest their souls. Those are brave American heroes um, that buckled underneath this enormous pressure that the corrupt Department of Justice and the FBI Gestapo have done, and those those deaths, those people's lives who were needlessly taken, um, the the blame of those people should be put directly on the head. Merrick Garland and these people here, and Christopher Ray and everybody down from them, and even Joe Biden down, that have taken part in this horrible persecution of American citizens. Um, their blood is on your hands, and God. Well, he will, you will repent and he will forgive you. And that 
segues me to where my hope lies. I don't keep my hope in Donald Trump, God bless him. I don't keep my hope in a, in a midterm election. I don't keep my hope in a politician. I keep my hope in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who rose from the grave and rose from the grave in my heart and, and saved me from my sin and keeps me. He's my best friend in here. Jesus is with me 24-7. I read the Bible every morning when I wake up. I pray, you know, in, in sometimes two, three-hour-long sessions. I have a lot of fellowship time with God and my relationship's grown really strong. I think the answer to what America's facing is not make America great again, but make America godly again, and that we need to reinstall. You have one minute remaining. In our classrooms and in our marriages and our schools and everywhere we can. Um, Jake, Bob, and I have Jake, a quick Jake, we just I got the word. American people out there. Okay, go ahead. I was going to say we just got the one minute warning there. I wanted to ask how people can help you, but go ahead and say what you want to say for the last minute. Thank you. Yeah, the, the, if anybody wants to help out the Jan Fixers this Christmas holiday season here, we have a commissary fund set up to become a monthly sponsor. There's over 230 Jan Fixers in prisons. Their families are suffering a lot. If you guys go to SponsorJ6.com, that's SponsorJ6.com, you can pick a package, 20 bucks a month, and you can help give a real tangible support to a Jan Fixer, help them with their commissary, hygiene products, clothing, that's SponsorJ6.com. Bob, thank you so much for being a real patriot and having me on. God bless you, brother. God bless you, Jake. God bless you, and God keep you safe and healthy during this terrible, terrible situation you're enduring. Thank you, Jake. Um, I'm Amen. looking at the... Uh, thank looking... you for using Global Telling. There it is. There's the end of his call. He's allowed 15 minutes at a time there. Um, it, it, it sickens to me. It sickens me to my core. The idea that this can happen to American citizens without fundamental, constitutionally demanded due process. The Constitution guarantees all citizens accused of crimes of a right, their right to a speedy trial, not to be held in isolation as if they've already been uh, uh, tried and convicted and sentenced. There are people, the worst criminals in the American criminal justice system, who do indeed get sentenced to isolation, to maximum security facilities where they can't harm other inmates in a, in a, uh, a general population setting. They get sentenced to to live the rest of their lives if they, if they have been sentenced to life in prison or to live whatever it is their prison term is um, in, in, in complete isolation. And a lot of time it's for their protection. A lot of time it's for the protection of the other, the other inmates. So they can't go into the general pop population. Those individuals have been convicted and sentenced. Jake Lang and the others being held in similar cir- circumstances have not even yet been tried. All they've been is accused, and they're being held for years now. As he said, over a 1,000 days, they're being held for years in conditions that people who have been convicted of serious violent crimes have been sentenced to. It's a constitutional, it's constitutional malpractice, and it, it, it should sicken you. 
Now, I'm not going to defend everything that every J6er did on that day. Some of them, as Jake just described, acted in self-defense or in defense of others as they were being assaulted and attacked. Others actually did the assaulting. And they did smash windows. And they did use their their flagpoles as, as weapons. Those individuals should be punished. But even if those individuals did exactly as alleged, their punishments should be over. Nobody at any one of those BLM riots, nobody at any of those Antifa riots, nobody that smashed windows, broke things, and shot, shot fireworks at cops through uh, frozen water bottles at cops, who shined um, uh, industrial strength lasers into the eyes of cops in an attempt to blind them, harm them. None of those people have been held for, for over a thousand days without a trial, even those who did terrible things that were not in self-defense. But for those who actually did commit acts in self-defense or in the defense of others, as Jake is talking about, the idea that they could be facing even longer sentences before trial than others would get after conviction is an affront to all things decent and all things lawful in the United States. I'm not a cop. I'm not a lawyer. But I am a reasonable person who knows what the, what the Constitution requires. And the Constitution requires that if the state has charges to bring against somebody like Jake Lang or any of the other hundreds of J6ers, especially those languishing in prisons right now without trials, if they have a case to be brought, then bring it. If you don't have the case, you don't get unlimited time to build a case. That, that's, that's true in every jurisdiction in the country. If a prosecution, a prosecutor, a DA does not have enough evidence to... For lack of evidence, if they do have a case to bring, then bring it. Get them in front of a judge and a jury, and let's let the defense be built, and let's get on with it. To hold these people without trial is just, it's a violation of all things decent not to mention all things constitutional. I'm absolutely sickened by what is happening to Jake and to all of the others that are being held. And this doesn't even count the scores of people who are not being held right now but are still facing charges. Not sure when their day is going to come. And then, of course, there are those who have already been charged and those who have had their cases heard and who have been convicted and have been over-sentenced to the tune of 20, what, what did, what did uh, uh, the leader of the Proud Boys get? 22 or 23 years? And he wasn't even in D.C. They sentenced him to 20 plus years in prison for conspiring to commit an insurrection. An insurrection that never happened. Because if you were truly trying to take over the government, to overthrow it, you would have brought some weapons. Enrique Tario was sentenced to 20-plus years for conspiring. He was not even there. He did nothing. This, is, this has got to be a priority for our government. 
It's got to be, for those in our government who are decent human beings, it's got to be a priority to them to get to the bottom of this, to demand trials to either be held for these people or release them. If you want to refile charges later when you get more evidence, I suppose in some jurisdictions you can do that, but you can't make them sit in prison indefinitely while you figure it out. It's just wrong. SponsorJ6.com is what Jake said at the end of his call. SponsorJ6.com. I'm looking at it right now. As he said, there's an opportunity to donate money on a monthly basis, $20 or $50 or $100 or $250. They're laid out there as levels of Bronze Patriot, Silver Patriot, Golden Patriot, and Founding Father to put money into an account for these people to use at their commissaries while they are being treated like this. If you want to give a gift for Christmas, I'm sure that none would be more appreciated than a gift to, to be uh, by those individuals uh, than, than to be given to these individual uh, patriots. It's just simply beyond my comprehension. It's 1055. Um, if you want to talk about it, we'll have some time in a bit. But coming up next, after the top of the hour, we're going to talk about this story and others in the news. We- this hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and KeepingMedicareSimple.com. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. is Always Right Radio with Bob Frant on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, good friends. Hour number three is underway. Six minutes past 11 o'clock on this Thursday, the 14th morning of the 12th month in the year of our Lord, 2023. That was one of the more interesting conversations that I've had on live radio. Live from a Washington, D.C. gulag, we spoke with Jake Lang, uh, one of the J6 prisoners who has been held for over 1,000 days without a trial and still does not have a new trial date set. It is one of the most infuriating uh, situations that I think I've ever encountered, and anybody who has an ounce of compassion or belief in the Constitution should be equally outraged over what is happening to Jake and hundreds of others being held without trials. That is probably going to be the uh, the first question that I ask our next guest after we remind you of exactly who he is. Bill O'Reilly hosts the O'Reilly Update. You're going to hear it right at the end of the show at 1145, as you do every single Monday through Friday. He hosts the No Spin News weeknights at 6 p.m. He's the author of The Killing Series, the best-selling nonfiction series of all time with 19 million books in print. That's really hard to fathom, really. Uh, the latest is, of course, Killing the Witches. A phenomenal Christmas gift for the historian in your life or just anybody with an interest in that fascinating period of American history in Salem. Uh, Bill O'Reilly has put it all on uh, in print for you, and he joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Bill, good morning. Thanks for having me in, Bob. 
Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Um, your your series is simply phenomenal. I hope people do indeed pick up Killing the Witches. What a great Christmas gift. You and I already did an entire interview on this, but just a quick refresher on what people are going to get if they buy that uh, this Christmas. Yeah, I mean, we have a witch hunt now. In fact, Donald Trump in every speech says he's the victim of a witch hunt. I saw one of his guys a couple of weeks ago. I said, can he just hold up my book when he uses the word witch hunt? Can you just hold up Killing the Witches? Really good marketing for me if he did that. Um, And then we have a witch hunt now. So I I give you the arc of what happened in the founding of our country, the Massachusetts Bay Colony, the Mayflower, all of that. Nobody knows anything about it. Then we come into modern times where the lack of due process, all accusations uh, and allegations are truth i mean it's really bizarre so the book has sold about 250,000 copies a little more in two months uh, it's a phenomenon now and i uh, appreciate you uh speaking about it bob happy, thank you happy very to much. do so yeah absolutely and you're right by the way if you can get trump to do that the ultimate marketing move that would be uh, great <laughs> Bill, let's. Uh, I want to talk about J6, and I want to talk about uh, the Supreme Court decision. We just heard it yesterday announced that they are going to hear the appeal of, uh, of, of J6 defendants on charges of obstructing official business. Um, is, is that charge the most egregious because of how selectively it's being applied compared to, say, people who tried to stop Brett Kavanaugh from being confirmed, the pro-Palestinians that interrupted a congressional hearing to demand a ceasefire back in October, you know, Jamal Bowman, and pulling a fire alarm to stop a vote. Why are these individuals the only ones being charged? Is that why you think the court's hearing it? Well, it, I'm very curious to see what uh, the special counsel Smith is going to introduce to the Supreme Court, because at this point uh, he's charging President Trump with conspiracy, five mm-hmm. counts. Um, and we've investigated this at BillOReilly.com, and I have very, very good people And what we found out was Trump's opinion was the election was rigged. He made that quite clear on January 6th and before. Mm -hmm. But opinion is not conspiracy. So you have to basically have something where the president did try to interfere with the functioning government. Now, you can make a case that, well, he told Vice President Pence not to certify the electoral votes, but Pence did went in and certified him. And so there is no crime. He did it. And if it's Trump's opinion that uh, Pence should not have done it, that's still opinion, not conspiracy. I was interested about your uh, lead-in about this guy who's been held for a thousand days, not tried yet. Does he not have a lawyer, this man? He does. He does. Well, they why, almost haven't all do. been, why haven't I been contacted by his lawyer? I have not heard this story, this individual guy. I have not heard the story. And if I haven't heard it, because, again, we run a huge independent news organization on both television and radio. If I haven't heard it, I don't know what the guy's lawyer is doing. Because he should well, be calling every single news agency, getting on the programs and saying this is an abomination and it's against the Constitution, speedy trial. It is. It is all of these things. Do you know this guy, this, this lawyer? I, I do not know his lawyer, no. I, we know okay. Jake a little bit. Jake Lang is the, is, well, the, Jake, is the defendant who's being held. Look, I'm sympathetic to any American whose rights are violated, and it looks like Jake's rights are being violated, but Jake got to get off his butt 
and get his lawyer out there into the court of public opinion so people know about the case. That's the only way that this stuff is going to stop. Well, there are there are some. First of all, um, there is some question as to how much access these particular prisoners who are being held in these DC gulag type oh, you just facilities said he had a lawyer, have. Bob. I do. I, I did. But, okay. but in terms of how much access they have to their legal counsel, these guys are being held in 20 out of 24 hours. Today, it's 20 out of 24 hour lockdown uh, on, in, in uh, isolation. They're being in soli- held in solitary confinement. Right. Number one, why doesn't he have bail? Is he a flight risk? Number two, if he's being abused inside a federal prison, huge story. See, all I'm trying to do is expose any wrongdoing, but I cannot do that if I don't know about it. So it seems to me there is a breakdown in this guy's uh, defense. Well, from the from the standpoint of his, there, yeah, from the standpoint of his own legal counsel, I, I get that. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, Paul Gosar, and Louis Gohmert back in uh, in 2021. Uh, in December of 2021, so they had been held for, at that point, you know, about 11 months, they they went to and visited these people, and they did a big press conference about this and the treatment of these political prisoners being held without trial, without bail, uh, all of those things uh, because of their participation. But the reality well, is the judges in, the, in their cases and the prosecutors, they do consider them flight risks. And the bottom line is, Bill, you know this, they wore red hats that said MAGA. They are Trump supporters, and they were part of uh, of what you know many in the left call something that was worse than 9-11. They called J6 as bad as 9-11, for crying out loud. That's why they're not the being given to The only process. way that this wrong will be righted, and I mean the only way is for attorneys to get out on the media and there are enough conservative media on radio and television where they would have access certainly have access to my program and make the case and it has not been done well, and so if you don't know his, he, his attorney's name and neither do i you're right we yeah should. but that's the we problem should. yep that's the problem i can't cover the story if i don't know what the story is, according to his attorney, who has then the judge's decisions, why the bail wasn't offered. Most of the January 6th people were given bail. 90% yeah, of them. There, there are two to 300 of them, though, that are still being held in these D.C. facilities. And without, then the lawyers for those people bail. need to put out why they were denied bail to the media, so the media knows. Only pressure from the public... And who's this guy, Jake's congressman? Does he have a congressman that, that's in his corner? You've well, got to mobilize. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. No, I get it. I get it. You're right. We're talking to Bill O'Reilly, and we're talking about the J6 prisoners. The Supreme Court yesterday agreeing to hear an appeal on the uh, uh, obstruction of official business charges against uh, so many of these individuals, including President Trump. That's part of, and of course, the, that judge has paused those charges now while the Supreme Court does indeed take this up. Bill, let's talk about the two-tiered system of justice, and we'll go to Hunter yesterday, who did not respond to the congressional subpoena. He instead held a grandstanding press conference outside. Uh, they're talking about contempt of Congress. I don't even know what that means, what consequences there are to Hunter Biden if he's found in contempt of Congress, but what should happen here? Well, that's an easy one. So Steve Bannon, one of Trump's guys, was charged with the same thing. He didn't answer a congressional subpoena. 
He uh, was arrested by the FBI, cuffed, um, indicted, tried, found guilty, sentenced to four months in prison. Bannon is appealing the sentence. That's where it is right now. The Hunter Biden thing is exactly the same. So that's what has to happen. Hunter Biden is be arrested. He's indicted by the federal government. He is tried. And you would assume, because there is no doubt about that he defied the Savina, no doubt. Okay, so I'm, I'm a big due process guy. That's the heart of killing the witches is due process. But there's no doubt that he defied the Savina. He's proud of it. And the real scandal is that his father is proud of it. The president of the United States, if I were president, I'd be telling my son, you go in and you obey that subpoena. We are a country of laws. But no. Anyway, the Bannon thing is exactly the same as the Hunter Biden thing, so I assume Hunter Biden will be convicted and sentenced to four months in jail. But we know that's not going to happen. And so, I don't think so, Bob. Yeah. I, 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 I have to dis- disagree with you. Oh, you think if it Merrick will? Garland, if Merrick Garland doesn't bring charges against Hunter Biden, he will be impeached. He knows that. Now, he's not going to be convicted, but he will be embarrassed and shamed, and Merrick Garland does not want that, which is why he ordered the upgraded charges against Hunter Biden two weeks ago. Nine new charges, three felonies, six misdemeanors. That came from Merrick Garland. He ordered that because he knew the American public was turning against him for the um, original deal, which the judge threw out. So Merrick Garland now is fighting for his reputation and life. I don't think he's going to go down in the tank and just ignore the Hunter Biden defying the subpoena. I could be wrong. Well, you know, Bill, what, what, what's interesting about that is the charges are all about tax evasion on all of this illegally gotten money. But what Merrick Garland is doing, this is why, it again, I don't trust him and I don't believe he'll do the right thing with respect to this contempt situation because he's not asking questions. He's not filing charges about the, how those funds were, were obtained. Hunter didn't pay taxes on millions of dollars he got through bribery schemes in which he sold access to the, to the vice president's office for crying out loud. I would like to know when those charges are coming, not just the fact that he didn't pay taxes on what he took. Well, they're never going to come from Merrick Garland. The FBI is not even investigating it. That's, exactly. that's a huge scandal. Yeah, Enormous exactly. Scandal. And, and he, ought to be, he ought to be impeached for that, much less you know, well, whether, or not he he tries to, you know, whether or not he, he tries to lock him up. He absolutely could be. But what's happening now is the public is turning against the Biden administration en masse. And they see that. Everybody sees that in the polls. All right. So the American public is turning against the Democratic machine, the Biden administration. So now, with less than a year before the vote in 2024 for president, the Democrats are panicking. And everybody's jumping off the Biden ship, including Merrick Garland. So a lot of things are going to happen next two or three months that did not happen the first three years, because the, the Washington establishment on the liberal Democrat side is saying Biden's not going to make it. We got to get off this train, and they're going to get off. 
How how soon would they have to get off of it, though? Well, let me rephrase. You're talking about people leaving uh, leaving the administration. I'm talking about no, 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 no. Not not just leaving the administration, but not doing the administration's bidding. Okay. So so Garland didn't want any exposition of what Hunter Biden did and Joe Biden and Jim Biden did. None. Tried to cover it up for three years, but then it got so hot that Garland had to go back and order the Justice Department to lodge new charges, which he did. If Joe Biden was polling at 55%, Garland never would have done that. In a million years, he never would have done it. But they all sense disaster coming, and they're trying to save themselves. That's what's happening. So given that polling, Bill, does does Joe Biden make it to next November? Is he no. Still- no, I've said that for a year. I don't believe he's going to be the nominee. I could be wrong. But the combination of his terrible policies everywhere and his doddering um, public persona with the Hunter Biden stuff, which is now going to get a lot worse that they have the inquiry passed by the House. Believe me, this Hunter Biden stuff is going to ramp up. He's not going to make it, I don't think. So what do they do? They cannot I don't know. Turn, That's they why cannot, he's there they now. Cannot, they cannot turn to Kamala. She's less popular nope. than he is. That's right. And we so, saw Gavin Newsom get embarrassed by Ron DeSantis the other night. He was uh, just a, a bumbling idiot. Uh, I don't, I don't know where they go. They could run him either. So that's why Biden is still there because they don't have a plan B. Um, now they're desperately trying to uh, convince Michelle Obama to run, but she's not going to campaign. Now, will she show up in Chicago this summer and say, oh, if you give me the nomination, I'll take it? Possible. Mm-hmm. But that's their only salvation, Michelle Obama. That's an amazing the prospect, the idea of a non-politician whose just last name would, uh, and, of course, and of course, if Michelle Obama were to run and to win, it, it would be Barack Obama's third term, right? I mean, in yep, reality, no let's, let's be honest, which is, I don't know, I don't know how that can be legal. Last, last question for you, Bill. I want to talk about uh, Ukraine and the trading border security for Ukraine. This is a deal that Mike Johnson doesn't want to make, but it looks like he's willing to make. And for the first time, Biden is, Biden's administration has indicated, uh, uh, a, a willingness, not a desire to, but a willingness to to actually change policies at the border. It's not about resources. It's not about money. It's about right. changing policies and, and sending people away before their asylum claims can be heard. Um, do you think this is a fair trade in order to get the, the border secured to say, we'll give Zelensky another 20, 30, 40 or 50 billion or whatever. And in return, we'll give you we'll give you a little bit of border security. I don't know the word fair is, is what I would use. The Biden administration, is, as we've discussed, is desperate. They have to do something on the border. So this gives them cover to their own party because the Democratic Party and the progressive movement does. They want open borders. They don't want to stop anybody from coming here. All right. Biden is their guy. He does what they say. But the poll numbers are so bad and the situation is getting worse so quickly that a deal has to be made, it will be made. Okay? So they'll say, yeah, we're going to do X, Y, and Z at the border to make it harder for people to cross over here. Whether they do it or not, who knows? But they'll say they're going to do it. And in return, money will be sent to Ukraine to reinforce their defense against Putin. Now, a lot of Republicans don't want any more money going to Ukraine. My posture is 
if Putin overruns that country and takes it over, we'll pay a thousand times more than we're paying now. Because Putin's not going to stop. That'll be a big win for him. And then he'll turn to other places to do the same thing. That's what he will do. In addition, China will go into Taiwan and physically take it over, which will cost us another enormous amount of money. So those things are very likely to happen if Ukraine can't hold out. And the only way they can hold out is with American and NATO money. I question, Bill, whether or not Putin would have the resources, the manpower, and the ability, if they're having such a hard time with Ukraine, after getting through Ukraine, going into a NATO country like Poland. I mean, they're well, having a hard time. He's not going to go into NATO this. countries. He's not going to do NATO. He'll just pick off Kazakhstan and uh, Moldova and these people, the countries that people never even heard of to reconstitute the old Soviet Union. That's his goal. He's not going to invade a, a NATO country, because that would be World War III. Most, most, of, the, most of the people who have fears about if, uh, you know, if he's allowed to continue into and through Ukraine think he's going to Poland. Well, that's impossible. Yeah, I so think I so, too. To, I have to, <laughs> you know, he's not going to do that, because that would be the end of him personally. So you support... Uh, yeah. So you support funding more funding for ukraine right now so you're saying i reluctantly do because i know what's going to happen if putin wins in ukraine to to what end though bill give me what they won't give us from from the white house and from democrats in and some republicans in congress too they won't give us uh what victory looks like they won't tell us you know they keep saying however much for however long it takes there's no cap on the amount of money we'll spend whether it's 120 billion we've already spent or or a trillion no cap and and no deadline However long it takes, however much he wants, we're going to give. Are you in that boat? No. I think you take it uh, month by month. And I think probably what the end result will be is Putin will get to keep what he's got now um, and formulate those uh, places into Russia. And then Ukraine will remain intact the rest of it. That's probably how it's going to play out, but... Nobody knows for sure. But will Zelensky accept that? He has basically said until every Russian boot is back on no, the other Zel- side of the Zelensky has, he has no say in the matter. Once NATO and, and the USA say, you do it, he's got to do it. Yeah. But sadly, the U.S. isn't telling Zelensky what to do. It's like every six months he comes to Washington and tells us what to do, and the Democrats well, say, here no, you go, well, here's some more money. Bob, there's no, Zelensky can't do anything because Putin won't come to the table. He won't negotiate. And until Putin does that, and he may, because, you know, Russia's in very bad shape right now. They are. Um, So hopefully in 2024, Putin will say, all right, I'm willing to talk about it. But Zelensky can't do anything unilaterally about about any of this. He is Bill O'Reilly, one of the best to ever do it. He's going to have the O'Reilly update coming up here in about 20 minutes, as he does every day. Don't forget, No Spin News, weeknights at 6 o'clock, and a great Christmas gift for the uh, literature lover and for the historian in your life. Killing the Witches is available right now, and get it in time for Christmas. Bill O'Reilly, it's always a pleasure and a fun conversation. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you, Bob. Always enjoy talking with you. Merry Christmas to you as well. You got it. Thank you, Bill. Bye. It is 1128. Final timeout coming up here and on the other side, 
your calls. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. We had a great chat with Bill. We had a great chat with Jim. Keeping you informed among the uninformed. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. All right, 1136. Thanks for hanging on with us on AM 1420, The Answer. Got a little bit bogged down there because of long interviews, but they were worth our time. Let's go right to the phones. we got time for a few of them. Before we're done here at 1145, Vince in Westlake is up first. Vince, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go ahead. Good morning, Bob. Thanks for taking my call, as always. Appreciate it, and I appreciate everything you do, man. We are in some dire times, and as you had talked about a little bit earlier, kind of same selection I was going on. You know, when Trump says they're they're coming after me because I'm in the way of you, and when you talk to these J6ers, exactly who he's talking about. And if we don't stand up and do something about this soon, we're in trouble. And my question for that is, where the heck are our congressional representatives on the Republican Party, our Senate Republican parties, the Republican judges? That how how does this happen? In the United States, this sounds like we're talking about a third world dictatorship. I, 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 I don't get it. And that's, well, it kind of is. It kind of is. And the reality is, by the way, in Washington, D.C., which is the jurisdiction here, there are no Republican judges. Washington, D.C. is probably more blue than New York City or Los Angeles or San Francisco or Portland. It's um, it's like literally 95 percent of the population there is Democrats. So they vote for everything Democrat, including judges, including obviously mayors and so on and so forth. So um, and, and every jury is made up of left wing jurors. So they can't get a fair trial there, which is why so many. Many of those J6ers have requested a change of venue just so they can get a fair trial, but they can't get one. Uh, it, just, it, it, it just amazes me, though, that it, it, as they, you said this as well earlier, too, so it stole a little bit of my thunder, but it's, it's a very valid point. The summer of George Floyd and all the other surrounding riots and, and uh, protests and everything else, you had Black Lives Matters, Antifa, and all kinds of other organizations. I think Sean Hanley said at one point there was something like 530 riots that across cities in the United States were federal buildings, state buildings, municipal buildings, mm-hmm. police stations were overtaken, burned down, and else now. And I've yet, I, please correct me if I'm wrong, I, I've yet to hear of one prosecution of anybody in those. I, there I, may I, have I, been, there may have been a stray prosecution or two for somebody really egregious, but I mean that literally, just like a one or two. Right. In, in most of right. those cities, the mayors declared that this was righteous it was righteous rioting it was righteous did you watch did you watch the documentary the fall of minneapolis yet i have not i've heard about watch the fall of minneapolis it's free and the website is just what i said it's the fall of minneapolis.com you'll hear the mayor you'll hear the governor of minnesota talking about all of the rioting that was done in minneapolis because that's where of course george floyd the george floyd incident happened uh, talking about right. righteousness, this was righteous. The 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 the, uh, uh, the indignation and the rioting and so on and so forth. You should be angry. You should be wanting to take this out on things. They didn't not only punish people. They pretty much said, uh, "I'm glad you were there to uh, to express the anger that we all felt." So it's the two tiered no, system of justice that is so egregious here that the, it, it depends on what you're rioting for. If you smash a window in support of Black Lives Matter, you get a medal. If you smash a window in support of Donald Trump in trying to stop the steal of an election, you go to prison for a thousand days without trial. I mean, that's the, that's the reality. 
and, and this is this is this is what has to stop, and this is where you know we need our representatives to step up, and we as a people, because I, yes, I mean, do. look at look at history and look at down the road, you know, what, what's the next step after this? Civil war, uh, revolutionary stuff. I mean, wh- where does it end? Uh, I'm afraid for our children, Bob. Like you said earlier, you don't know how long you're going to be around. I'm in the same boat. You know, I've got a son. I don't want him to live in this kind of tyranny. Yeah, so, I'm the same way. Vince, great call, call, buddy. Yep, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, let's go to BJ in North Olmstead. BJ, go ahead, sir. I'm sorry to say this again, but we're in for a civil war. If you're going to take American citizens and throw them in jail with no trial or no one to defend them, then how long is the American population going to say this is a this is a constitutional government? We no longer have a constitutional government. We have a government that is socialist, communist, everything that's against the Constitution. And the behavior's got to stop. I feel sorry for that poor man that's the president of this country because he's... I'm not going to insult him. I don't have to. He's not bright. And I feel sorry for... I'm not sorry. I'm angry with the Congress, the, the, the Senate, the behavior, their lack of concern for the love of this country. Wake up, America. I love America. Thank you for your time. Thank you, BJ. God bless you. Uh, TJ, Cleveland. Go ahead, TJ. Yeah, hi, Bob. Hey, Bob, I just got to say something real quick about LeBron James. You know, when I watch the NBA now and James, it looks like uh, the old, uh, what was that group uh, of players there that, you know, they put on a big show? The Globetrotters? The Globetrotters. You know, if LeBron James played in the Michael Jordan era, you know, when you had the Larry Bird Celtics, the bad boy Pistons. Uh, I could see him dancing to the basket, traveling, palming the ball, thinking he's going to do some great uncontested dunk and have somebody like Rick Mahorn and Bill Lambeer waiting for him under the basket. If people want to see something, bring up old YouTube videos of Michael Jordan. He spent more time slammed to the court playing teams like the Pistons, never complained, got up, and still executed at a high level. LeBron James ain't a pimple on Michael Jordan's butt, and he never would have survived 30 years ago in the NBA. All right. Thank you, TJ. I appreciate it. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. It's just that I don't care about it anymore. What I did care about, the reason I brought up LeBron James this morning, is because of what he did at his son's basketball game, completely disrespecting and disgracing the United States of America while the national anthem was being played. And he walked in as everybody stood, and he played around, and he screwed around with his his gear and his people he was with, and he sat down while the anthem was being sung, kept his hat on, just completely flipped the bird at the United States of America. That's what I. The, that's the only reason I'll ever talk about LeBron James anymore. Chuck in Cleveland. Hi, Chuck. Go ahead. Yeah. Hi, Bob. Um, I, my comment is: You know what started all the wokeness? Do I know, you know what, what started what, wokeness? What, what, yeah, I know the wokeness. The uh, um, I'll even take it as far as BLM. The, the wokeness, all this other LGBTQXYZ, all that. Yeah. What preluded out of that? What? Political correct. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.